nobody can do it alone. And, and partnership is 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 key um, to you know connecting the right business challenges with the right solutions in the industry. Today's guest is Kaba Putemor, the CIO of Neptune Energy. And we're talking all about the role that tech can play in helping that organization decarbonize and create greener energy. This is Tech Talks, your twice-weekly technology podcast with myself, David Savage, where we talk to leaders from across the industry and bring you a bit of technology news. And it's all powered by the Harvey Nash Group. Joining me today, I've got Akish. He's escaped to the office because it's really bloody hot and there's air conditioning. There's, there's a way to get staff back into the office. Just migrate <laughs> everyone to somewhere really bloody humid. Yeah, first world problems, isn't it? It was, uh, well, having, having worked from home yesterday and having a fan on and a window and neither doing their job. Um, Times call, are hard. Yeah, to cool me down. I thought... Uh, I thought, well, if the weather's going to be like that, I should uh, get myself into an air-conditioned office. And here I am. And it's beautiful, mate. Enjoying it? Yeah, very, very nice. Um, are, are many people? Have many people done the same? Uh, four or five of us in, I think. Um, yeah, so hopefully. No, no then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In an office, I don't know how many people sit on our floor, but more than four or five. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's not many of us in. So. Mm. Maybe, maybe, maybe we need to uh, think about air conditioning from home in the um, post-pandemic world. Mm. Offices or companies should think about helping people with air conditioning at home. Oh, I mean, that would be a That's treat. A wouldn't it? That would be a huge shout. <laughs> you know what? It's also terrible, terrible, terrible idea for that. Would not be good for the environment. That would not be good for the environment for your carbon no. footprint at all. That would be a huge carbon footprint. Yeah. So let's let's not actually advocate that. Yes. But it it does provide us with a lovely link to our guest today, Cabot, uh, CIO of Neptune Energy, who are an energy company, but on the road to decarbonizing. So we'll hand over to uh, that interview, and we'll be back with a few thoughts on it afterwards. So today I'm chatting to Kava, the CIO of Neptune Energy. How are you this morning? Thank you, David. It's great to be here and thank you for having me on your podcast. No, no, thank you for giving up some time to do this. Uh, look, the first thing that I wanted to talk to you, um, you're based in the UK, but Neptune has a global focus. In fact, this, was, this meeting was initially set up by my European colleagues. Yeah, I mean, for those of your audience who don't know Neptune Energy, we are an independent international oil and gas exploration and production company. We have a diverse portfolio of assets throughout Europe, North Africa, and Asia Pacific. I am based out of our London office where Neptune Energy's headquarters is located. And you mentioned there the, the sector that you're specifically working in. Obviously, there's a huge amount being said right now about, uh, about climate change and the future for energy. How does Neptune see its role in that? You know, we recognize the demand for sustainable and efficient energy is growing globally. And uh, we also recognize that the EMP industry as a whole has a very important role to play as part of the energy transition. And Neptune Energy is committed to providing you know, secure supplies of lower carbon energy essential for this energy transition. Uh, you know, our company has a production ratio of 70% gas and 30% oil. 
So it is well positioned to play a role in this uh, energy transition. Um, we have also set some uh, ambitious targets to reduce our carbon and methane intensities uh, of our managed productions by 2030 uh, through a variety of initiatives such as uh, decarbonization of our existing operations, uh, new energies such as uh, carbon capture storage and offshore hydrogen production. Now, digital transformation has been talked about in, a great, in great detail. And you've previously spoken about how this can eliminate waste and maximize efficiency. Um, and that's never been more important than it, than it has now, right? Yeah, of course, of course. And, you know, uh, over the last decade or so, um, our industry sector has, has realized the advantage of digital technologies. And they've realized and have taken advantage of the opportunities that the digital technologies provide, the whole host of opportunities that makes the industry safer, more efficient, um, and, and particularly very relevant today as a, as a lever to help decarbonize the operations uh, and reduce greenhouse gas emissions. You know, whether it's to use digital technologies to apply to the existing value chains of the industry, and more, make it more efficient, eliminate waste, or setting up new value chains to enable the new energy businesses to come online. The role of digital technologies has never been more significant as it is today. And also, you know, with the advancements of the digital technologies that we are seeing and we are experiencing in the industry, such as, you know, the, the advancements in cloud technologies, artificial intelligence, augmented reality, Internet of Things, digital twins, you know, the whole range of technologies that are that have matured and, and are ready to be applied uh, to, to real business problems um, and real business opportunities. So um, we, um, the, the, the industry as a whole is well positioned and has been leveraging these, these technologies to make itself more safer, more efficient and more sustainable. You're talking there about some of the big technology trends um, in the industry, but I think it'd be really in, it'd be really useful as well to understand some of the practical examples of what Neptune has been working on and how they're making a difference beyond those big ticket items that that we're kind of familiar with with regards to tech. Yeah, we've been driving um, on our digitization agenda on on a number of fronts. Um, um, We'll, we'll start with the, our communication and collaboration technologies that have been really instrumental in helping us operate and, and continue our business, particularly during the pandemic. We've made a um, lot of progress in that space in adopting the technology through other organization and leveraging it well, communicating or connecting our onshore colleagues with offshore colleagues and remote working enabled. So that's that's been a lot of progress there. We've also leveraged uh, our business intelligence tools and advanced analytics to really turn what traditionally uh, used to be silos of data uh, and try and, and integrated those data and brought, brought them uh, uh, into our data warehouses and uh, using more 
digital dashboards and advanced analytics, visualize them and provide them to, to our users to, to get better actionable insights from those data. And that's been uh, really in, in uh, a game changer from our perspective, um, a, a comprehensive suite of dashboards that, that enables a 360 view of our business, whether it's on our safety or risk or production our financials, our drilling activities, our um, uh, people capabilities. There's a whole host of things that, that we can now get more uh, intelligent uh, insights. Uh, and of course, that helps with decision-making, timely decision-making, which obviously is, is a prerequisite of a, a resilient organization. We've also adopted some technologies um, that um, you know, has enabled our subsurface teams to work much more efficiently and collaboratively uh, and be able to uh, have help basically with the, the discoveries that we have made and of course bringing those discoveries online safer and faster. We've also developed some, some technologies, uh, digital twin technologies that have of our, several of our assets, which have helped basically um, some of the work to be done remotely. So without going offshore, people can do some of the work onshore, such as, for example, pre-engineering work, some of the inspection work that can be done offshore, reducing onshore, reducing the, the need to go offshore. Uh, so these are just some examples of, of technologies that, that we have deployed. And of course, last but not least, um, uh, the move of our data centers to the hybrid cloud environment has also allowed us to, to create a platform for our business that can be more scalable uh, and enabling our, our sustainable growth, growth for our organization. You mentioned there the adoption of technologies. And I think that you have set, set out the case that Neptune is, is generally open to, to the adoption of technologies and why it's important for the organization to be so. But as CIO, how do you help influence the adoption of tech? You know, of course, it does help that, that I'm working for a progressive company that is fast moving and embraces change. But, you know, with, with any digital transformation agenda, people still need to believe in the value of the change. And... Um, I personally believe that, that technology adoption should be driven through a combination of, of top-down sponsorship and grassroots pool. And, and whilst the importance of top-down drive has been well understood uh, you know, throughout our, our IT industry, but the importance of generating the grassroots pool is not emphasized enough. People need to see the value of the technology. They, they want to, to, to know how technology really will change, will help them on a day-to-day -day business. Um, and, and of course, so creating um, uh, adoption or driving adoption, technology adoption by creating awareness, educations, um, creating digital champions in the business, learning from experience, celebrating successes, all, all of these are key uh, enablers of, of uh, driving digital adoption. So we're using some words here that people 
rightly or wrongly, they they will they will think of them as 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 buzzwords. Adoptions one, you know, we've talked a little bit about digital transformation. We hear a lot about collaboration, partnership, and they can sound like industry speak that some people might glaze over a slight amount at. But partnerships are important. So how do you view partnerships at Neptune, both within and without the company? What what do those partnerships mean for you? You know, um, with any kind of a digital transformation, never mind what size of an organization you are, nobody can do it alone. And, and partnership is, is, is key um, to, you know, connecting the right business challenges with the right solutions in the industry. And, 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 and that requires, so we, we view partnership in, really in two, um, let's call it uh, arenas. One is the, the internal partnership, being able to, to foster the right partnership with our business uh, colleagues. Uh, we have thousands of employees across the globe, tapping into their knowledge, collaborating with them, coming up with the understanding, their priorities, their challenges, their needs. Um, I think it's, it's, it's one of the, the, the first opportunities of, of partnership. The other part of the partnership is, is the, the external partnership you establish. Um, finding the, the, the companies externally that can bring for you um, technology expertise, uh, capability expertise that supplements and complements your own capabilities whether it's capabilities around specialism or whether it's capabilities around scale. These are the things that that partnership allows you to, to, to be able to get things done. And I think this is, this is the concept of what we call the team of teams, you know, within team of teams, aligning around common objectives and going after uh, working together in delivering uh, aligned objectives we're beginning to touch where you talk about teams on uh culture and culture is something that a lot of organizations are talking about getting digital culture right i think is important um but how important do you see that internally you know is it something that you specifically talk about or does it just happen and has the pandemic influenced that Great question. You know, having a, a, a digital strategy is, is, is fine. But having the, without having the right culture, there's no way you can deliver the digital strategy or it's not successful. So as such, one has to create the right digital culture and organization in order to be able to deliver the digital strategy. Uh, some of the, the, the elements of our digital strategy that we, digital culture that we emphasize is, is being safety aware, being cyber smart, create, creating the right partnerships internally, externally, as we discussed, having balancing the right cost, value, and risk. And that, that again uh, requires the right mindset, uh, being business outcome focused, um, continuous learning and improvement. And again, with, with with technology, you know, you will learn. You're all the time learning. Some things will be successful. Something is not successful. It's it's that that process of continuous learning and and experimenting and improving. Being data centric also is 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 an element of of uh, 
uh, having the right culture uh, embedded into your organization. Um, so these are these are some of the the, the things that that we are uh, building into our digital culture. And of course, pandemic has um, changed and and have uh, uh, helped us basically discover new ways of working that again has has. Uh, been woven into the fabric of our business model. So the last question I wanted to ask you is, is why are you passionate about working in this industry? You know, and what does the future look like from, from where you are right now? You know, it's an exciting time to be part of this industry, an industry that, that needs to be transformed and to be more sustainable and be uh, and add value to the energy transition. Uh, and digital technologies is, is, is a key element of, of enabling this transformation in the industry and, and all the challenges that the industry has. I think we have the opportunities that to apply digital to these challenges. So the solutions that we develop in this industry, the partnerships we evolve, the talent that we generate and require in this industry, um, not only help this industry, but also are transportable and uh, to other industry sectors also. And, and together it can really make a huge contribution to the advancements of the societies around the world. Kava, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. I hope that uh, it continues to kind of, well, you, you, be, you, you continue to see the progress that you're making at, uh, at Neptune and um, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, David. And it's great speaking to you. Right, first of all, I mean, offshore hydrogen production, um, decarbonizing their production, it's, that's really kind of good to hear from uh, a petrochemical, sorry, an energy company effectively, um, rather, um, because it is that concern that, you know, we need electricity. Uh -huh. uh, it's going to take a long time to build alternatives, uh, and there has to be a huge amount of investment in renewable and green um, electricity to replace what we already have. So it's it, the onus is really on the existing energy companies to um, to try and find ways to, to, to come come in line with with where the world is, is headed, right? To, to stave off the worst excesses that we're seeing in terms of climate change. Yeah, and I, th I think it, if I'm honest, it, it's not it's not a small ask. And I think it's a huge task. Um, didn't mean to rhyme that, um, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think I, th I just think it's. I think the way that Neptune have kind of planned themselves out and and kind of what they're looking to do to really embed, I guess, a different way of, I guess, rethinking the way on how energy is produced and 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 kind of you know for people out there and embedding that. I think it's great to be honest, um, because it is very, very difficult um, to try do this. We've seen, I mean, loads of things in in the past, haven't we? And, and energy companies doing the same. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it, it can also. I, I think there's a lot more awareness around it now, which I think helps. Um, yeah. And I think a lot more people are now concerned and taking more interest in there. Because I remember when, you know, when I was growing up. Um, uh, the only thing that we thought was harming the environment was using aerosol cans and, yeah. you know, um, fridge freezers and all that sort of stuff. Whereas, 
the more you are kind of educated on the matter, the more you kind of find out that actually there's there's a lot more things that we're doing on a day to day where we might not think it, but which is leaving a huge carbon footprint and affecting um, the world. So I think what these guys are doing, along with, you know, everyone's got everyone talks about their own kind of ESGs and our kind of social responsibility and you know these sorts of things but the way neptune are kind of panning themselves out and their roadmap i think it's great man um yeah in, in kind of building a sustainable world it's- and and look it's not just what Kava says here in terms of the use of technology obviously as the the cio he's going to talk up technology within the organization you right. know and if you kind of have a look through those the list of of questions that we kind of went through in terms of you know how digital transformation can help to eliminate waste and maximize efficiency and why it's never been more important and, and he gives some really eloquent answers but if you go on their website key inputs what drives our success they talk about people portfolio partnerships and technology we use technology to produce energy safely and efficiency oh. and, and efi- efficiently rather and and that's where you know cutting edge tech artificial intelligence can look at things like supply chains can look at efficiencies and it's it's frankly it might be the one or two percent those incremental changes that make a dramatic difference in terms of output because you're talking about um an industry that traditionally you know heavily relies on on carbon fossil fuels Mm. um and and unfortunately that's that's something that has the change of the world's not to sleep walk into disaster yeah yeah and also they they're the the biggest industry that is blamed right um you know for for kind of things and you know um i, I think I think with them showing that look we are taking an active uh, approach into looking at our own processes and looking at our internal kind of models and and kind of the way we are are doing things and using technology in the right way um it just goes to show that yes there is not hope because that sounds a bit depressing um but that there are ways that we can you know um alter our our kind of daily lives and 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 have things um and still not harm the world so badly if that makes sense yeah yeah absolutely look it's it's it goes without saying that it's a particularly important issue. Um, it's one that I'm glad that we've been able to focus a bit of time on on the podcast. Um, and, in a, I, you know, it's good to hear about very sensible, mature kind of way of approaching it because the world does have, have energy needs, you know. Oh, oh. It's only yesterday that I was at um, AI and Big Data Expo um, and uh, the Business Design Centre at, at Islington and I was listening to a talk by Bulk Infrastructure, who were talking up the need for for huge data centers, but they're doing it in Oslo. They're doing it in um, Norway because all of the electricity is green and uh, the cost of electricity there is is a lot cheaper. So it's kind of like, yes, we need energy. We, you know, we've got a mountain of data uh, in the technology industry. We know that emails and blockchain in particular, as we've spoken about previously, take up um well create a huge carbon footprint but smart choices can make us aware of the impact and mm. our choices and mm. uh and and it's good to see that neptune are part of that conversation effectively yeah and and i guess things like that just kind of show how technology and the 
you know, cutting edge technology like AI, big data, you know, the, the, the use of, of kind of robotics, algorithms, all that sort of good stuff, which is all very modern, very cutting edge, very 21st century. And you look at the oil and gas industry, which is arguably one of the oldest industries around, um, you know, I, I would say, um, if not the oldest. And if, when you see those two working together hand in hand and having a better carbon footprint or a better I guess impression on the world and helping create a better and sustainable environment that's good to see right um yeah so it's um yeah I, th- I think we're definitely leaning towards the right way and what these guys are doing at Neptune with the use of their technology and their kind of platform I think it's great very very good well look we will take a quick advert break when we come back we're going to be talking about sleep A couple of years ago, Michael and Jacob, two friends from London, were both thinking about their consumption and sustainability as a whole. Michael, a professional footballer at the time, realised he had no options when it came to sustainable sportswear. Overconsumption and underuse was all too common. Hilo was born, a sportswear brand fighting for the planet by changing mindsets. They started with a running shoe made with seven natural materials, and the shoe can be recycled at the end of its life. As a company, they've offset their carbon to beyond zero, making them carbon negative. You can find out more about Hilo and support their mission at hiloathletics.com. That's H-Y-L-O. We support the Hilo movement. Akish. Hello. Do you, do you sleep well? Do you get many hours a night? Um... I'm trying to think of a of an answer here. Uh, I, I, well, I, other I, than the real answer, yeah. I, I, on the whole, I'd say yeah. But yeah, there, there's sometimes when you struggle to get to sleep. But yeah, on the whole, I'd say I don't have any yeah issues. What about you? Uh, I normally sleep pretty well. I get about five six hours, which isn't a huge amount, but it feels like enough for me. Six hours, seven hours feels like a lot. Yeah. Um, I normally drop off to sleep quite well. Every now and then I wake up in the middle of the night and I struggle to get, to get back to sleep. Yeah. But the reason why I talk about it is in recent years, um, people are, obs- are obsessing over sleep. Um, oh. So a report in 2021 um, by the Sleep Health Foundation estimates that one in 10 Australians have a sleep disorder, um, probably because they're terrified of getting bitten by something. Uh, while a report from 2019 found that more than half are suffering from at least one chronic sleep symptom. And oh. Studies have suggested that sleep deficiency can lead to weight gain, a weakened immune system, obviously not good right now, and uh, poor sleep patterns may contribute later to dementia. So there's been a whole... Um, a uh, raft of new wearables, basically, to try and help you sleep. And, and my question to you, Akish, was would you wear a wearable to help you sleep? Do you think it works? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm wearing one, right? I'm wearing a, an Apple Watch at the moment. It's got like a sleep thing in there. But I I wouldn't, if I'm honest. Um, and that's just me and a, and a personal choice. But I do know some people that you know really struggle with their sleep and that do wear wearables and... Because I think it kind of finds out when they're in deep sleep and they're kind of fluctuating stages, right, I think. Um, To me, I just thought sleep is one, two, three lights out and you kind of wake up in the morning, you hope. Um, And that was it. But apparently there's stages to to when you are in. Yeah. Whatever it's called. You've obviously got the Apple Watch. I've got Garmin. does the same thing, effectively. This is all very well. It gives you the data. What do you do with that? 
It's not like you can go, all oh, right, therefore I'm going to program myself to beat this. Like oh, yeah. I, I have a big issue with like these, these wearables telling us, do you then get more anxious? Like, because you think you're getting eight hours and you're actually getting five hours. And yeah. then do you get kind of in a bit of a stress about it? So my question was with this report, with that statistic uh, from 2010, about one in 10 Australians and, and obviously the issues that it combines oh. with, there might be a slew of new gadgets on the market. Do any listeners know of anything that actually works other than just telling you that you're not getting enough sleep? And also, do you go, once once you've got your data, I think, mate, I think that, that sort of stuff would make me so anxious because I'd, exactly. I'd wake up in the morning and the first thing I'd do is like look at like how many hours I've slept and what stages. And then is there like a sleep therapist or a sleep doctor or something that you go to with these numbers and go, right, these are my numbers. What's that show me? I'll say get more sleep and you'll go, well, I'm trying. Get more sleep or download like calm or something and that will help you go to sleep a bit better there you go there's there's a practical suggestion maybe yeah. people will have some more maybe there's a wearable maybe there are wearables that can help but yeah uh, yeah, that, yeah that was my question i was intrigued by this hmm. but I, I, I definitely think it's it's something that i didn't know people struggle with until you actually start talking to people um and you know i, I think it's when you get into like the whole dating phase and you know kind of sleep not sleeping i'm trying to work out what i'm trying to say when you're not sleeping <laughs> when, 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 careful where you're going with this man. yeah exactly when you're not sleeping by yourself um you know and you may you get less sleep yeah yeah you may share a bed with someone um and then you figure out you know not everyone's sleeping pattern is like yours uh is yes. what i'm trying to say yes, let's go so, with that. Yeah, yeah 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 let's go with that so um yeah i don't know that <laughs> on that bombshell uh akish stay stay cool in the nice air-conditioned i will do and- i will do have a good night's sleep tonight. I've, I've, that sounds weird, but yeah. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's very weird. <laughs>